You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about frank zappa and his album hot rats in the room i have rob hello adam yes john hi and ben it's me hot rats is the second solo album by american musician frank zappa released in october of 1969 the label was bizarre and the producer was frank zappa the genre is instrumental rock jazz rock jazz fusion progressive rock whatever you want to call it and from All Music Reviews, Steve Huey, aside from the experimental side project Lumpy Gravy, Hot Rats was the first album Frank Zappa recorded as a solo artist sans the mothers, though he continued to employ previous musical collaborators, most notably the multi-instrumentalist Ian Underwood. Hot Rats was also the first time Zappa focused his efforts into one general area, namely jazz rock. The result is a classic of the genre. Hot Rats' genius lies in the way it fuses the compositional sophistication of jazz with rock's down-and-dirty attitude. There's a, a real looseness to the grit to the three legendary jams and a surprisingly wry elegance to the three shorter, tightly arranged numbers. Perhaps the biggest revelation isn't the straightforward presentation or the intricately shifting instrumental voices in Zappa's arrangements, it's his own virtuosity on the electric guitar. Recorded during extended improvisational workouts for the first time here, Hot Rats still sizzles. Few albums originating on the rock side of jazz rock fusion flowed so freely between both sides of the equation or achieved such unwavering excitement and energy. All right, what do we think of Hot Rats? This is like I kind of liked it. <laughs> this is this is like my favorite era of Zappa. Yeah, I yeah. I found myself surprised yeah. and I enjoyed it. And I, I I don't hate it, Frank Zappa or anything. But usually I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna not listen to this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, it's not something I'm drawn to. I enjoyed this record. Peaches uh, and Regalia is my favorite Zappa song, but I'd never heard the rest of of this record until till this week. Yeah, I got. I started and I was like, this is great. This is going to be an amazing album. And then six minutes into uh, the one we're listening Gumbo, to. Uh, Willie the Pimp? Pimp. Uh, Willie the Pimp. I was like, why is this song still going on? Like, it seems like it has concluded at the uh, after, you know, five minutes. And then the extended, like, gumbo variations, mm-hmm. like, just goes on and on. And I... I it, what were you it, doing it, when you were listening? 
Uh, one time I was working. The second time I was just sitting down and focusing on yeah. music. I was and driving then... and I found it to be very suitable driving music. I think if I was like just trying to sit down and like listen to it, I yeah. would not have enjoyed it as much. But it, like having it on in the it, car, it, it it's was, a good vibe. It's cool stuff, and yeah, it's a very like vibe based album. But when you when I'm focusing on it, it feels like a lot of the guitar work kind of seems like exercises in guitar work. Oh yes, very which much is so. yeah, I agree. which is, I mean, can be cool, but at the same time, it doesn't. Uh, it's not. It's not really my bag. No, it's that not guitar, really my thing. The, the guitarist is fucking shit hot. It's Zappa. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's fucking crazy. But one thing <laughs> I <laughs> that's actually Captain Beefheart. Yeah, <laughs> this is like my favorite Captain Beefheart performance. Actually, I like. I like it, it's like chocolate and the peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, guys. I I like Zappa, but I. Fucking hate his arrangements. Oh, I really I, too much. I no. I I I dislike clarinet directly in my ears. I oh, dis, I, love I, I dislike uh, rolling on xylophones. Like I I, I think I, I think his, exo- his auxiliary percussion stuff. Uh, it it's always bothered me. It, it's ne- because I always. Oh, I hate I hate to say always, but like I associate like a lot more of, like, Frank Zappa stuff with this, like, fucking cool-ass guitar stuff and, like, the fucking sweet-ass bass lines and everything. But then when he starts throwing in these, like, specific pitches of really lame instruments, like, it's like, God, you motherfucker, what are you doing? Like, the the entirety of, like, the synthesizer revolution was in front of his face right now. And he's like, yeah, well, we're just going to go on a fucking belt kit. He gets I hate into that. synthesizers. He does. And there's a couple really good cascading things that happen, like, on, like, song three or four. But for the most part, like, it's still, like, I preferred him with the mothers at this point. Because at least that had, like, had a butt to it and, like, locked it down a little more. Like, it, him by himself, Frank Zappa by himself is a dangerous beast. What if the <laughs> captain's there with him? <laughs> well, I do like, I mean, I really like Willie the Pimp. This song is Willie Pimp's awesome. Cool. Yeah. But then... I mean, we're only one. It's too long. One fourth the way through. Yeah, I feel the same way. About and, it, and it exercises this guitar work for so long. Yeah, it does some cool stuff at the end where it like syncopates with the drums. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. totally I mean, cool. It's jammy as fuck. Like, well, and it doesn't I mean, change uh, keys. It doesn't change any modes yeah. and things like that. It stays right there in this one. It's, it's long winded. One, uh, one mode. One. Uh, I think. Key. I think that's like, yeah, I, I agree with that on principle, but it's also, it's like, it's so of the era. Yeah. It's so like what is happening in music and with guitar right now. And way better than what was happening in the era with music and guitar involving jamming. In no way, shape or form should I, should I say, like, if I had to pick between that fucking dead record that we did a couple weeks ago yeah. versus what this is, my goodness, this every day of the week. There were so few people in the studio. It's so, so much of this is overdubs specifically by Ian Underwood. So Zappa is on guitar and he also he I want to talk also about the, the weird studio recording tricks that he's doing. But he's mostly on guitar, uh, but sometimes bass. He's also got Shuggy Otis on bass. Whoa. Uh, Shuggy Otis is playing bass on this record. And then Ian Underwood 
plays the part of eight to ten music musicians often simultaneously. Like so much of what you're hearing is just overdubs by Ian Underwood. Uh, all the keys, instruments, the organ, the flute, the sax, the clarinet. Like it's Shuggy. Shuggy Otis is doing bass, right? Mm-hmm. Sixteen at the time, I believe. Whoa, that's crazy. He wow. had a record that. I just we figured that out. To, he was born like 20 years ago. We he was born in 53. The, the one yeah, that uh, David 16. Byrne put out yeah. on Luca Bop, which That's I what think it was. was a bit of a compilation of some of his earlier songs. Wow, that was a great record. It really I was. I forgot about that. With a Strawberry huh. Letter 22 yeah, and that was Inspiration a Information. Good record. Yeah, man. man. Yeah, this was one of the first albums to use a 16 track. Yeah, oh. So they've got plenty of... Plenty of space to, to work those overdubs, and then well, and then you can bump them down too. Well, that was yeah. exactly what he did. Is he he did uh, whatever you call that double speed percussion overdubs, where you have the track bumped down to half speed, play on it, and then when you play it regular, it's double speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Not this too. was one of the first albums That's to like do that part, as well. Like in Peaches and Regalia, where it sounds like toy drums, like and he does it with the bass too. Same thing. Like where he would be playing bass along with the track at halftime. And then he'd speed it up to regular time for the playback, and it would put the bass in the same octave. It would sound like a, an electric guitar, only he thought it just sounded way thicker and punchier than electric guitar. So like some of like the the solos in some of these songs that, or I don't think he does any extended solos, but he does a few like shorter solos that sound just like a fat ass guitar. It's just it's double speed bass. I will say, yeah, for being a pioneer in, in recording and, and doing all these tricks, he's he's quite incredible. I mean, he definitely pushed using the studio as an instrument, Robert. Oh. <sighs> I mean, it's passe at this point, so it's fine, whatever. Uh, one of the first uh, people or albums to use uh, to mic the Drums in stereo. Uh, King uh, Crimson? King Crimson, definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but this was also another one because he had the he had the tracks to do it. When you have 16 tracks instead of four or eight, I mean, it's yeah. 16 tracks and only three dudes in the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the production of this part of the song where they'll revisit the theme with different instruments yeah. like, that are non-traditional like for that kind of... Yeah, no, that, it, that 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 riff and Willie the Pimp fucking yeah, rips near the <laughs> end of Willie the Pimp. Where, yeah, the violin it. comes like, in and the does that, the vocal melody. Really cool. Wasn't it also at the beginning, though? Uh, there was remember. violin at the beginning, okay. yeah. 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 And also a socket wrench or a ratchet. Yeah, the, the percussion is it was a, it was a ratchet. It sounds so cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, just got, it's just got a good, like, just a, sort of like a newer feeling for, for the time to, like, to this sound. Like, he's just adding that weird Zappa quality, you know? Sure. 
you know the title yeah. of we're now we're listening to Son of Mr. Green Jeans. Uh, but the title of it is a reference to the the urban myth that he was the son of Mr. Green Jeans from Captain Kangaroo. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Spelled differently. You know, because Mr. Green Jeans is with a J and the song's with a with a G. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because he's his jeans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> There's just something about it that it doesn't grab me like uh, I like a lot of different jazz, and this just doesn't have the same qualities that I look for in in those albums. Well, jazz, I mean, under the like hard J jazz, yeah. isn't goofy, like right? Like, That's true. Zap was fucking goofy, even when it's instrumental. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It's He's, whimsical. Whimsical. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think what I like is how the melodies subtly change occasionally and how like there's these like little lots of little phrases that pop in and I think it just keeps me interested it's like when I hear when I hear like a record that I would say doesn't belong in this book it's usually because it's just like samey and you know it's like just do something do something like if I, if this is going to be a record that I need to hear like like one of the 1000 best albums of all time across genres, surely I shouldn't feel very bored, you know? And I did not feel bored yeah, you're listening not, to this. You're not going to feel... Even even though I kind of uh, complained about the extended solos, I didn't feel bored. That's what no, I'm trying to say is no. that it's like, you're like, okay, wrap it up, boys. But you're not like, you don't feel like... It, yeah. That feeling of just like, oh my god, this record is putting me to sleep. It doesn't sleep. feel tedious. And it doesn't feel like repetitive. Yeah. Like, they're, they're still doing new things. And they're still having, like, entrances and dynamic shifts. And that's what I think is, is fresh about this is how often a new sound comes in. Like, just from a production standpoint, I think this is a notable album. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, from a production like, just, standpoint. Like, just alone, I would, I would give this record credit for, for feeling like... There's la- like the layering of the instruments too. If you think about like tonal layering, I think there. I mean, as I'm saying that, there's a perfect example in yeah. our ears <laughs> where it's like they've already elevated it by bringing in a higher instrument each time they do the phrase, and then all of a sudden this absurdly loud, or absurdly like, high. It's like an oboe or something. Well, I don't even it's know. Like way up almost there. like a kazoo or something. Yeah, like a synthesizer. But it was oh, just an f- extremely high note managed to get on top of it. And create a new feeling from it. I, I just think it's it's really well produced. It's I, I like it even just for that. <laughs> and yeah. e- even gumbo variations like they, that is a piercing violin, by the way. Yeah, that is that is some piercing. I know for some reason I I, I really hear those like piercing well, piercing. He notes. uses that a lot. He uses that yeah. kind of sharpness to. To shock you out of complacency in the That's groove. True. That's true. And like, I appreciate the groove, and you're right that that sharpness can be it can be harsh. But then if you learn to say, okay, well now I'm now I'm into this other weird space where you're going for because he doesn't overuse it. It's not shrill for yeah. 45 seconds. It's shrill for 15, which is plenty. I was gonna say about 10 minutes. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. like uh, gumbo variations is is almost 13 minutes long. It's like six seconds shy of being 13 minutes long. And the thing about that song, it's it's a it's a single chord riff jam, and there's no part of it that I don't like. It's just I don't need 13 minutes in a row yeah. of it. Yeah, like any any six minutes of that song at any place, I would have enjoyed, you know. Mm. But I guess you know it's variations on a theme. Yeah, I think 
yeah, part of this, maybe it's just like I, I really appreciate the difference in each song and maybe I'm just being selfish and saying, well, I'd like it another two songs instead of for the two longest songs to uh, be yeah. that long, right? Oh, I, w- I would love that. Um, although I don't feel that way about, you know, some of those other jazz albums. I'm like, it's fine to be this eight minutes long, but I don't know. Well, a, a, a eight minute long jazz song is normally not just doing variations on the same riff in one chord. That's true. Yeah, they are transitioning from, mm-hmm. from with different modes. Yeah. You're right. neutral okay <laughs> i hate it I, I i hate saying that because like there's so many great things happening here but like yeah. it it does it doesn't grab me like it, it doesn't grab me the way that like um the mothers of invention records grab me so no neutral i think positive because it tones it for me it's positive because he tones down some of the goofy vocal stuff that i think loses me with frank zappa often and I'm interested to just hear the musicianship and the production m- without hearing, like, the thing that often loses me. So I, I give it a positive. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to give it a positive as well. Um, of the six songs, there's only one that has vocals on it, and it's Captain Beefheart. And it's only a little bit of Willie the Pimp. But it's the best song on the album. <laughs> um, well, Peaches and Regalia is the best musical song on the album. Willie the Pimp is the best song overall, I think, except that it sort of falls apart at the end. Um but there's a lot going on across the whole album. And if you want to get a good sense of, of Zappa and where he would go later, getting getting goofy, um, even though it's not goofy here, you can feel it. You're like, oh, you know, this is the guy who's going to talk about a dwarf in a couple years. I like you the know. goofy energy. Yeah. I just like, it's, I don't know. I just like, I don't always. Yeah, no, it can, his goofy verbal stuff can throw you off. I agree. It's like, it's, it is the double-edged sword of me learning about him from Dr. Demento. It's like, I love it, but it's real goofy, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, like, this is the this is the the slightly pulled away, cleaner, pure musicality that later would, you know, have some some goofy elements. So I think it's I think it's solid across the board. I agree with everything Adam said. Uh, I I was going to say almost exactly verbatim Hmm. what you said when it comes to. Frank Zappa's work with the Mothers of Invention or with solo stuff, often what, if ever something kind of pulls me out of it, it's normally uh, his vocals. And whether whether it's his vocal delivery or him just like making like a bathroom joke, like in the middle of, like just like out of nowhere. Uh, so like this, yeah, the only vocals are are on Willie the Pimp and it's it's Captain Beefheart. 
And I think Captain Beefheart's vocal stylings are such a cool match for Frank Zappa's musical stylings. I think that they should have done more than just yes that one song together. Uh, but like, yeah, I think this is I think my favorite era for Zappa. Uh, because since it's like since it's mostly instrumental, it takes away the. I do. I like the social commentary of of the earlier mother stuff, but again, like the, just kind of like the jokes and stuff would pull me out of it. And then it, as you move further away from this, you get more and more midi, less and less human. I don't know if there's a true sweet spot for me for Zappa's career, but it's probably somewhere around Hot Rats. I don't yeah. think we get into midi until eighty one or eighty two. Like I don't think midi existed before nineteen eighty. No. So he he just. He continues, yeah, this path. Like we we haven't even gotten to the point where uh, Bowie tries to poach his uh, guitarist. Oh, that's true. We also haven't gotten to the point where before he moves away from human drummers, he starts just hiring drummers that have giant rooms full of drums, like Tony Bozio <laughs> or Terry Bozio. <laughs> so yeah, for for a while there in like the late seventies, yeah, his band he just he only had virtuosos. Uh, yeah, like overindulgent virtuosos. Like he had Terry Bozio on drums. He had Steve Vai on guitar yep. or something. You know, not uh, who Bowie wanted though. Bowie, right, Bowie right. Did not want. <laughs> but Steve even Vai. even that, like that's pre MIDI. But like even that is is like a like a bridge too far. Oh, it's fucking me. bananas that he was like, well, these people can't do my music. <laughs> yeah. So 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 he, he so he hires only like the the top of their field virtuoso of every instrument, and now you've just got a top heavy album. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much on neutral. I I think there's like some brilliance in here, but as a whole album, I I'm just I'm just not into it. I will totally go back to Peaches and Willie the Pimp mm-hmm. and and like. You know some of the other songs. I think they're they're very cool, and yeah, it should definitely be in the book. I mean, if we if that's a question, I I would definitely put it in here for significance. But just for me personally, it just doesn't it's just not my thing. Uh, I do have a true false for you guys oh. about Frank Zappa. We will not be covering Frank Zappa again. No, what? Really? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I did look it up, and I don't think there's any more uh, Frank Zappa in here. Hmm. I could be wrong. But is there more Tim Buckley? Because I don't think he's well represented enough for the important influence that he's had. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Will, there will, is. Will Diesel oh. Zappa pop up with the 90210? We have like 50, 60 more albums in here, maybe? With... All right. You ready for True False with yes. Frank Zappa? Yeah. All right. Zappa's son. Uh, named Weasel, comes from a combination of his grandfather's first name, Dwight, and his nickname, Weasel. True. False. I mean, it sounds true, so it's probably false. <laughs> it sounds true, so it's probably false. False. <gasps> All right. It, his name actually comes from an odd curled pinky toe uh, when he was a kid, and he later changed. It wasn't his actual birth name, but then he had it, it named. Mm. It, it changed uh, when he... Uh, Got a little bit older. All right, next one. No cheating. <laughs> Zappa made a quilt that was comprised entirely of bras and panties that were throwing on stage during his 81 tour. That's true. true. That's true. I believe that. True. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, in... Chicks like Zappa in 81? <laughs> what the fuck? 
In 1972, during the Waka Jawaka recording session, Zappa recorded the sounds of a feedback guitar being set on fire and then played the recording on a reel-to-reel machine while recording it also being set on fire. That sounds like something he might do. I just bought that record because it said Hot Rats on the the handles of the front of it, Mm. and I listened to it, and I think that's true. I'm, it's so it's so crazy. It sounds true. It's so crazy that it sounds true. False. Ah! I wrote that <laughs> oh. from my mind's eye. Oh. Oh. Nailed uh, it. Jerk. <laughs> it sounds like something Zappa would do. Rob, you picked up Waka Jawaka. I did. Uh, Where did you find it? Hold on, hold on. Let's finish fun. this. Really? Wow. Uh, Zappa kept uh, Starling as a pet around because uh, they have a wide vocal range and are excellent at mimicking. True. Wow. I'm going false on that one. They suck, like and they get true. shot by BBs all the time. That's false. That was <laughs> Damn it! They get shot by this I believe guy. that was Mo- Mozart. Oh. Captain Starling? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Starling came down my chimney once, flew over the house. <laughs> it was terrifying. Oh. Back, in, back in the early 70s, Zappa recorded footage of himself with the intention of it being used for holographic technology later. What, what year, what, what year did he do true. this? You said? Nin- early 70s. Early, early 70s for holographs? I'm saying false. I'm going to say... True. True. Yeah. Because didn't uh, Alice Cooper and Dali make a holograph or something Mm. in the like mid seventies? He said he saw the technology like where it was going, and he was like, "I'm just going to record myself and do that." Okay, last one. So how come there's not holograms apertures? I I I did read about it. There are. I did read about it. Oh, I thought it was a rights issue. Uh, (laughs) Last one. He played a crime boss named Mister Frankie on an episode of Miami Vice. Whoa. True. I let's, I want it to be true. Yeah, so I want to see that true. episode. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mr. Frankie? Yep. All right. He looks like like a Miami crime boss. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right, next time we'll be talking about Creedence Clearwater Revival's Cosmos Factory. Oh. All right, thanks, y'all.